Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 2nd of February 2014, entitled, If You Are Alive in Christ, Part 1, and the Bible reading is taken from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Colossians chapter 3, we'll take our reading this morning, and uh, we're going to be reading the first four verses, and I invite you to stand with me uh, to honor the reading of God's precious and holy word this morning. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Father, we thank you for all of your word, but Lord, as we particularly look at this passage this morning, we... Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful, exciting, glorious truths that they hold there. We pray now that as we look at these, uh, Lord, these words that, uh, uh, Lord, you would take and empower us and speak through us. We thank you once again, Lord, for the thoughts that you've given us, but, uh, Lord, they're useless without you. So we do commit this time into your hands. Uh, Pray for your spirit. Pray that you would be glorified and honored in all that's said that every heart would be spoken to, the very words that they need. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Of course, we find that this this chapter is one of those places where it's kind of hard to find a stopping place because uh, as a result of these things, this passage goes on with a lot of consequences that that should have in our life. But I want us to think on the simple thought this morning, which again, I really trust and pray. Uh, We'll do two things for you, which is all we can really ask for in our Christian lives. And uh, if you're here and you're a child of God this morning, which I hope that all of you are, then I hope that it will encourage you by reminding you that you're not in this alone. If you are alive in Christ and not just in your own flesh, then there's some exciting things in this passage that you can lean on, that you can grab hold of, but I also hope that it will challenge us as well, because even as his children many times, we forget uh, just what uh, he has done for us and the position that he's given us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I trust that uh, it will both encourage and challenge you here this morning uh, to be more like him. Uh, And also, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, Uh, then I do pray that uh, God would speak to your heart that, uh, you know, unless you are alive in Christ, then uh, these wonderful, exciting things that we're looking at this morning, they can't be yours until you take that step of faith and put your faith and trust in them. Because the verse begins, if ye then be risen in Christ, if ye then be risen in Christ. Now, In fact, there's two resurrections that are spoken of in those few words. First of all, if ye then be risen with Christ, Christ's resurrection, one of the very central truths to the gospel, 
the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. To deny any of those is to deny the gospel and to rob it of the saving power that it holds. We can disagree as Christians on a lot of things. We can disagree on a lot of doctrines of Scripture and all of that. But there can be no disagreement here. There can be no Christian fellowship outside of this wonderful truth. Anyone not believing in the resurrection is simply not saved, and anybody that's preaching anything else other than that is a heretic. That's the Word of God. We find that Paul, when he began writing to the church at Rome back in Romans chapter 1, notice what he said in, in uh, Romans chapter 1 and in, uh, and in verse 6. I printed all these verses off, so I wouldn't have to turn there and then must have left it laying on my desk. Romans chapter 1 and verse 6, or I'm sorry, it's verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What is the power of God unto salvation? The gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to everyone that believeth. It is the gospel and the gospel alone that can save a wretched soul. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible makes it very clear exactly what that gospel is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, Moreover, brethren, I declared unto you the gospel. This is the same writer talking about not being ashamed of the gospel that was the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. As he's writing to this other church, he said, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, but which by which also ye are saved. You keep in memory that I preached unto you unless you believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Paul said, I have preached to you that which I received myself first, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that gospel? He said that Jesus Christ died on the cross according to the Scriptures, just as the Scriptures said that He was buried, and just according to the Scriptures that He rose again the third day. That is the gospel. If we don't believe any part of that, it is impossible to be saved because that is the power of God under salvation. We find that... Paul then in writing to the church at Galatia, in Galatians chapter 1, we find that he speaks these words in verses 6 through 9. He says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. <laughs> but there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. 
let him be accursed. And we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. You see, it's not just me that says they're a heretic if they preach any other gospel, except this one that's defined for us in Scriptures. The Bible says if they do, they may call it a gospel, they may say it's another gospel, but in fact, they need to be accursed because it's no gospel at all. So if ye then be risen with Christ, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, central to you and I having any opportunity of being saved and having a relationship with God. But that's not the only resurrection in these verses. If ye then be risen with Christ. You see, he rose, but then he's talking about our resurrection. If ye then be risen with Christ. Again, a simple, fundamental truth of Scripture. In Colossians, where we were already taking our Scripture reading, if you look back to the chapter before, in chapter 2, notice what it says there in chapter 2 and in verse 12. The Bible says, buried with him who Jesus, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. You are raised with him by the same power through the same operation of God that raised Jesus Christ himself from the dead. We find that he tells us in Ephesians, just a couple of pages back in your Bible, chapter 2 and in verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this passage begins with this big word, if. You see, everything hinges on that. If ye then be risen with Christ. These truths that follow can only be claimed individually if you are risen with Christ. If you are alive today, not just in the flesh, but you are alive in Jesus Christ. But if you have, and if you are raised with him, then you can replace that word if there in the original with the word since, because if you have been raised with him. This is an absolute positive since you have been raised with him. This is what the truth is that is going to follow that. The message is to born-again believers. The message is to those that have put their faith that have been raised together with Jesus Christ in his resurrection. The power of the Christian life flows out of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, if you be risen with Christ, <laughs> notice what it says in verse 3, a charming thought in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 begins, for ye are dead. <laughs> You're dead. For if ye be risen with Christ, for ye are dead. You see, in order to have been raised with Jesus Christ. 
You had to die with Jesus Christ. You have died. You are dead. It's past tense here. It's done. You have died. One of those other essentials of the gospel. You can't have the gospel if you take away the death, the burial, or the resurrection. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary as believers, we died with him. That's hard to get our heads around something like that. How did we die with him 2,000 years ago? This is not just a, a supposition, an idea. Just as sure as if we had been there in the flesh, just like we are here today, we died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him. If that didn't happen, then we have no hope of salvation. Colossians chapter 2, which we read one of these verses there a moment ago, but look just to back a verse further. We read verse 11. Notice what it said there beginning in verse 10. He said, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We read this verse a moment ago, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith and the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you, he said in verse 13, being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. You see, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel was unto everyone that believeth, everyone that would put their faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did. But when we do that, then the Bible says, we died with him on Calvary. We were buried with him in that tomb, and we were raised with him victorious over death. I want you to look at a few consequences. If, if you're alive in Christ today, if you be risen with him, then I want you to note, first of all, that your resources for living are changed forever. Your resources for living are changed forever. You see, your resources have changed. First of all, concerning your actions. What does he say here in verse 1? If you then be risen with Christ, notice what it says next. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Our actions, seeking. You see, the resources that you need for life, they're no longer just limited to the things of the earth. But now, he says, you seek those things from Jesus Christ himself, who is right there at the right hand of God in the glorious heaven, sitting there with him. There is an urgency to these words in the original that's applied to these words, and they're, they're speaking of a, a continual action. If you're risen with Christ, if you're alive in Him, 
He's trying to get across that right now, urgently, you need to continually seek with the express purpose of knowing that you're going to find what you're looking for. The purpose of your seeking, well, why do you seek for anything but to find something? But here is to find those things which are above, those heavenly things those things that God alone can give to us, that people down here can't. The purpose, the place is above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. What kind of things are we talking about here? Well, if I had to sum it up, I put it in big, black, bold, capital letters in my notes, everything you need for everything you do. There's nothing that's left out of what we can't seek and find from God the Father when it's genuinely a need in our lives. Matthew chapter 7, just to give you an idea of the few of those things which you must seek above that you'll never, ever, ever find here upon earth. First of all, in Matthew chapter 7, notice what he says in verse 7 and 8. He says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. We could get into a lot of things here. There are, yes, things that can hinder your prayers. But one of those things above that you can't get from anywhere else except from God, is answered prayers. God says, ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. God is there waiting. Yes, if we're asking selfishly, if we're asking fleshly, or if we're asking out of God's will, if we're asking with, with sin and things in our lives that, are, that cause adverse consequences, then yes. Maybe we're not getting it right now when we want it, but it's not God's fault. You see, if you be risen with him, you can go to God at any time. And if there's anything hindering your prayers, you can take care of that anytime you're willing. Whether it's your relationship with Him or your relationship with others, you can deal with it. God hasn't gone anywhere. He's there, and He's there to answer your prayers. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Go to God with the things that you have. In Ephesians chapter 1, he gives us a number of things in, in the book of Ephesians which ought to be encouraging to us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he says, Who hath blessed us with, what's the next word in your Bible? All, A-L-L. -L. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He says, to seek those things which are above. Where Jesus Christ is there on the right hand of God, that's where you'll get your answered prayers. That's where you'll get all spiritual blessings. That's everything, all spiritual blessings, everything that you need for your spiritual life. Are you struggling spiritually? Are you having battles with certain things in your, in your spiritual life? Well, guess what? If you're alive in Christ, then seek those things from above. You're not going to find them here on the earth, but they're there if we'll go for them. 
He also tells us in this same book in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, sometimes we try so hard to, to do the things that we know are right. We even have a desire to, but we seem to struggle with it. And of course, here he gives us a simple truth. He says, and be not drunk with wine, we're in a success, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. We need God's power in our lives. Do we struggle with our attitudes? Do we struggle with our reactions? Do we struggle with, 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 with things that are going on in our head and things that are going on in our life? We need the fruits of the Spirit. We'll never be able to do a lot of those things on our own. But he says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. He's the only one. That's the only place that you can ever truly be filled and controlled by God's Spirit. God's power working within you and not just your own. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 is a, is a wonderful promise. And of course, the Bible tells us, but my God shall supply, again, that same word, all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all, all your need according to his riches in glory, according to his riches in heaven, not just the earthly things. A few verses back in verse 13, he said, I can do all things require Christ, which strengthens me. Those things above, answer prayer, spiritual blessings, the filling of the Spirit, all spiritual and physical needs, strength. Chapter 4, also Philippians, and in verse 7, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Sometimes we're trying to find peace in this world. We're in turmoil and we're looking in all the places and we're, we're trying our best and we're trying to do what's right and we're trying to do what's good and it's just not there. But if you be risen in Christ, seek those things which are above. We find that we discussed earlier, all we have to do is Look around us today. We can see that there are many of our folks that are struggling with physical sicknesses right now, things that sometimes the doctors are able to, uh, to help with, but sometimes they're not. Well, you know what? We can go to God anytime. I know that we live in a days when some of these things aren't popular, but he tells us in James chapter 5, he tells us there that, he says in verse 14, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. You see, there's no magic in the oil. But that's simply symbolic of where we're putting our faith and trust in praying. If you're sick, you've got a physical need, he says, Call for the spiritual leaders. Let them pray over you. See, it's not an individual. Preacher, do you believe in divine healing? I do believe in divine healing. I just don't believe in divine healers. You know, the Scripture here is giving us a, a, a time to come together where it's the church. The church is the body of Christ. The only one that's going to get glorified here is Jesus Christ, not some man saying that I'm so spiritual. That's between them and God. I just don't see it in the Scriptures. The only ones that ever had that was Jesus Christ and his 
closely related apostles that followed him. But I do believe that God can heal any sickness you've got. You having troubles? Are you struggling with things? The Bible says, well, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Sometimes it's some of the simplest things. Maybe it's not something tangible, but maybe it's just simple guidance. And Lord, what should I do next? Where should I, where should I go from here? Psalm 48, verse 14 says, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. You see, we can seek guidance from a lot of places, and sometimes there's a lot of smart people that can tell us a lot of smart, wise things. But in the end, there's nobody knows what tomorrow holds for you except God, the one that created you, the one that put you here what next week holds, what next month holds. If you be risen with Christ, if you're alive in Christ today, quit trying to find your guidance, the things of this earth. Quit looking in the places of what this earth and seek those things from above. The Bible says God will give you that guidance. God will show you which way to go. God knows what path you need to be on. God knows when you need to be there. We find that if you be risen with Christ. If you're alive in Him, seek those things which are above. Everything that you need for everything that you do, for every place that you go, forever and ever and ever. He's there for you. Your resources have changed when you're alive in Christ. Before you were risen with Him, all you had was the earthly things. But now, if you be risen in Christ, you don't need to just search here on this earth. You need to seek those things which are above. Continually, actively seeking the resources that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And he's right there at the right hand of the God waiting for you to seek those things which you need. The resources have changed concerning your actions, but... It's also changed, secondly, according to verse 2, concerning your affections. You see, he goes on here. He not only says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He also says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. That's not hard to, to understand. It's actually expressed here with the same urgency as the seeking, this setting your affections, something that you should continually do, that you should be doing it right now in the present. You see, we make choices every day of our lives. And many of those choices have to do with where we place our affections. We just looked two, three weeks back are you in your right mind about being encouraged in the Lord Jesus Christ? And, of course, one of the things that we saw there that in the first instance seemed like, you know, that doesn't make sense when he said for all of us to have the same mind, to be like-minded, to think the same way about things. But we know that that's not a reality 
in many of the natural everyday things, we're going to have all kinds of different opinions and, and ideas about things. But if ye be risen in Christ, there are some things that we ought to think the same way about. We ought to love the same things. We ought to desire the same things if Jesus Christ is truly the focus of our affections. You see, if our attention is upon this world and the things of the world, no matter, we're not even talking about whether the good things or bad things, whatever they are, if there's anything in this world, no matter how good it is, no matter how much you like it, if it's got more of your affection than Jesus Christ, then it's become an idol. It's become something that's between you and Him. We find that... Our affection needs to be on him. We need to think like our, our mindset needs to be upon Jesus Christ, upon the heavenly things, not on the things of earth. I can promise you, Satan will do everything that he can to direct your affections towards earthly things. Don't be surprised. Don't think that you're abnormal. Don't think that you're even a bad Christian. Matter of fact, a lot of times when God's trying to do the most in your life, when God's trying to draw you closer than maybe you've ever been before in your life, when the devil's going to try his dead best to get in there and to, to put a wedge in there, to take it away, to, to get your affection somewhere else, oftentimes when he's attacking, it's because that he's determined not to see the great things happen in your life that God's wanting for you. You see, the question is, what is of the greatest importance to you? What do we care about the most in life? Now, again, we looked at this passage, I guess, at the same time that we, that we looked on setting our, our, our minds on uh, being like-minded, having the mind of Christ. In 1 John chapter 2, and in verse 15 to 17, a very simple, simple, easy to understand, he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You see, it's not abnormal for your flesh. But the truth is today as Christians, if you are alive in Christ, then you ought not because you make choices. I can't help it. You make choices as to who you love and who you don't. You make the choices as to what you care about and what you don't care about. Luke chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus spoke these pretty astounding words when he said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What's important to you? What do you care about the most? You see, if it's the things of the earth which he's warned you about, 
then that's where your heart's going to be. That's where your affections are going to be. Why, why do I care about these things so much? Because you've made the choice to. You can blame it on whatever you want to. You want to blame it on your flesh? Well, your flesh does have a lot to do with it, but who's controlling it? Who's in control of your life? Are you letting your flesh control you? Or have you given your life to God to control? You see, God gave you this wonderful, glorious gift that's called volition. Do you know what volition is? It's just the ability to be able to make choices. You've heard me make the statement at other times on other subjects that, you know, God could have just made you a robot. He could have made you to where you didn't have any affections whatsoever. He could have made you to where you couldn't make any choices. You could simply do that which was programmed into you. But God gave you volition. God allows you to make choices, and you're going to make many conscious choices about where your affections lie. Nobody else chooses for you. You choose who you love, who you care for. Why do we place such emphasis upon our, our young people? Not necessarily only young people either. <laughs> when people start looking for those relationships, people start looking for that person. You know, the truth is, is that before you ever allow yourself to begin to follow down a path, because don't kid yourself that you couldn't begin to feel about someone just because maybe they're not a Christian. Maybe they're a Christian, but they're not really committed to the Lord. Maybe they're not really sold out to live their lives for God. Maybe, 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 maybe all kinds of things. But the thing is, you need to be asking yourself those questions to start with because where are your affections? If your affections are truly upon him, are truly on those things above, then you're going to have a big problem trying to be one with one whose affections is on the things of this world. You try to warn, you choose. Don't allow yourself. Your flesh can do all kinds of weird, wonderful, and not so wonderful things. You choose. The mindset that you have towards the people around you, whether it's positive or negative, will have everything to do with your affections towards those people. Same is true in the natural world and the spiritual world, the heavenly and the earthly. You make choices. You choose whether you're going to allow somebody or something to be part of your life or not. The only thing in this world that God teaches us to love is people, each other. Time and time again, he says, don't allow your affections to get on the things of this world, all these temporal things, no matter what they are, no matter how good they are. People, there is nothing of a material nature that should have your affections. We set our affections on the things above, and we genuinely love God and the, and the heavenly more than anything down here. You know, the amazing thing is then when we love him the most is when we're going to be able to love others the most. <laughs> Sounds crazy. You know, 
Yeah, how can we love him more and not love other people less when we love him more? We're able to love with a different kind of love, a love that only he can give us. That doesn't mean the people that don't have God can't love. They can't love in the same way as God. If you're risen with Christ, then you can't have the mind of Christ. He came and felt all the things that we feel so that he'd know exactly where you are and what you're going through. He'll help you to be able to love those around you beyond natural means. It's been said about this passage that the seeking here marks the practical striving of your actions while the setting of affections marks the inward pulse, impulses and dispositions. <laughs> one marks what's happening on the inside, the one what's happening on the outside. If ye then be risen with Christ, your resources for living have changed forever and ever concerning your actions, concerning your affections. In other words, whether it has to do with what you feel, which what comes from within, or what you do and everything out there, your resources have changed. They're no longer earthly, they're heavenly. You need to seek to find them in heaven, and you need to set your affections on those things above. You can live above this world. The Bible says, come out from amongst them and be ye separate. At the same time, he tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He tells us to go to every human being alive to give them this same power of God and the salvation that each and every one of us have experienced. If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're alive in Christ today, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above not on things on the earth. We're going to come back this evening. Forget about my sermon on burdens. We're going to look at the last part of this one, I think. God allows us to. God's will. And we'll look at a couple other things in this passage. But this morning, I want you to recognize the only way to be alive is to be alive in Christ. <laughs> the only way to be alive forever is the life that we have in Him. The truth is, when we are alive in Christ, then our every resource at our disposal changes. When we need something, we no longer go to the world to find it. We seek it from above. For Jesus Christ is right there on the right hand of God. What do we care about the most in this life? We don't set our affections on the things of this world, not to love the things of this world. We set our affections on things above. We set our affections on Him. And by that, we'll be able to love the only thing that we should love in this world, the people around us, in a way that we could never, ever love them and care for them before. Those resources are there for you if you're a child of God. If you're not, you can be today. The same gospel that saved me, that saved these others, will save you. But if you are, Quit trying to get through this life by depending on the resources of this earth, resources of this material world. Start depending on the resources that are yours as a child of God. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord. I know, Lord, that even after being a Christian for so many years, 
preaching your word. I know, Lord, that well, when I was just reminded of these wonderful, glorious truths, trying to put down these thoughts, Lord, that Lord, I got excited of just being reminded. So many times we're all guilty of looking around us for the things we need, whether they be emotional or spiritual or physical. But, Lord, we need to be seeking our things from above. Well, Jesus Christ is sitting there on your right hand. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to do that. Lord, I pray that you'd help us because it's so easy, and we know that there's a continual battle, Lord, to set our affections on things of this earth, to care about the things around us more than the things above. I pray you'd help us, Lord. We have the choices. We can choose. And I pray today that you'd help us continually, actively, to set our affections on the things above. We'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.